hopes and fears. Tune in daily, don't miss a single show. Sign up for the newsletter, let us help you grow. Taking risks, making moves, seeking success. Together we'll conquer, no room for any less. Listen now. Good morning. It's PPI. <laughs> PPI Friday. Uh, January 12th. I've got my notes here. I'll kind of go over some stuff. One of the things that I really want to point out, I thought this was a fantastic interview that James did. He's the pragmatic investor. Um, If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. If you listen to me, I I think this is, if you're new, if you didn't start in 2020 listening to me, then you might want to know about my background. You might want to know why I started. You might want to know about how I, I, I view this channel, why I do what I do. Um, things of that sort. He interviewed me about all of that and and the tools. And I'm going to do a tools video. And I've said this before, the two tools that I use and the two tools that I put out there are um, TrendSpider and Seeking Alpha. The third tool that you can get is the Daily, um, Daily Stock Pick newsletter. But I thought that interview was really good. If you want links to anything, I've got to put, I don't, didn't put the, um, the YouTube link on here, but Linktree, uh, you've got all the tools that I want, that I have that I use. If you want to get them, you got TrendSpider, you got Seeking Alpha, all in special offers using my codes. Um, and Weeble. Weeble's a great, great tool. I mean, Weeble's just a fantastic app to trade in. Um, you got my newsletter, Daily Stock Pick newsletter. It is here, it is free during the week. So, at the very least, you should sign up for the free one. Uh, if you don't sign up for the free one, you can sign up for the paid one. The paid one comes with education over the weekend. Uh, if you're too lazy to get the education over the weekend, that's why I launched Patreon. Now, Patreon is crazy. I think it's nuts. One hour, but you get one-on-one meeting with me. You can ask me any question that you want. I will give you my honest feedback. Um, it's just an hour with me. So... Uh, I, I, I think it's crazy because I think you can get the tools that I use um, for $1,000 and probably do just as much as I do. Um, but for those people that want a little bit extra, I'm there for you. Uh, but I, I, I think the interview explains it um, very, very well what my, what my goals are. My goal is to teach you uh, how to trade, how to look at things, how, to, how I view the market. Um, not to, you know, instruct you how to go about a strategy, but to help you build your own strategy. We're all different. So I think that's a great interview. I think looking at that one is good. PPI, uh, we can look at, um, essentially seeking alpha has all of this PPI unexpectedly slips in December. Uh, what was interesting was Thursday, the market was down, um, because CPI consumer price index, uh, went up unexpectedly, assume it, and the market assumed, ooh, uh, inflation is going to be sticky. Maybe they don't reduce um, the price of uh, the, the federal rate. Let me turn on this light. It doesn't reduce the the the, pri- um, the, the Fed funds rate. Uh, maybe they're not going to reduce in March. And then what happens today, the producer price index, uh, which is the cost of goods, unexpectedly slips. Everybody thought, hey, if PPI comes in line, w- what this means um, the, the PPI feeds into CPI because if it costs more to actually create the goods, then it's going to cost consumers more to buy the goods. So what you're seeing is the assumption that a rate cut will happen in March uh, again went up to about 70%. You can Google that one. Um, but uh, yeah, 
That's that's the best bet of what I can tell you. The biggest movers in the market today, uh, Zim shippers, we'll go over that. There's a huge tension in, in the Red Sea with overnight attacks by the U.S. on Yemen and the Houthis um, who have been de- looking at getting us. We've gone over Zim before. Uh, Zim is a shipping company. I'm not a big fan of these, but when they actually have the pricing power and they can charge people more, they make more money. So Zim is one of the biggest uh, ones. Tesla is one of the biggest losers, uh, indicating price reductions on two Chinese models, a response to fierce competition by rivals, and concerns about uh, suspending production in Europe due to that delivery stuff that we just talked about with the shippers. So you can take a look at this article. I will put this in the newsletter. If you're interested in any of the uh, the stocks that are affected by this hootie stuff, you can look at this. USO, UCO, UCO BNO, SCO, USL. All of these stocks are, are mentioned in this article. So you can take a look at that. They're all right over here and you can take a look at them. Uh, UCO is the one that we typically trade that I, I should say that I typically trade. UCO is the ultra bull. So it's uh, three times levered on the futures of oil. Uh, you have an entry today at 26.52. In pre-market, you're trading at 27.58. I've had this note in here, no confirmation, so be careful. At 27.58, uh, you're up here. We have confirmation. I think that um, essentially oil may be an opportunity right now. Uh, it's Friday. Um, I would not buy a triple levered ETF on the upside or the downside on a Friday. Uh, I typically don't like to hold them. You know, if you listened earlier in the week, I am holding TQQQ, and I, I, I'll give you reasons why I hold TQQ um, uh, in, in the, the future um, uh, of this episode, because I, I still like it. I mean, I still think we're in a bull market. So I still I, I wanted a triple levered uh, portion of, of my portfolio. It's not a long term. It's a short term. But I'm still going to hold over the weekend unless for some reason we get some type of news that just brings down the market today. I don't expect that. Um, but if by you know 4 p.m. we get some type of news or even in the after hours after 4 p.m., I could pull out. But it, don't follow a douche on the Internet into trades. You know, uh, I, I went heavy into a couple of stocks yesterday. I will go over that as well. But let's look at some of the earnings um, from yesterday. United Health, um, they beat, but the problem is their cost. And so United Health is down big in the pre-market, down 3%. It was down 5%. It was down around 515 earlier. Uh, it's trading at 521. This one has lost confirmation. Uh, the MACD is probably missing out. Down here, the buy at 522, um, you're back at this level. So I think the 200-day provides you some type of support at 521. If you start to see confirmation again, the 50-day is moving down. You will continue to see the 50-day moving down. The 200-day is starting to move down. You're going to see these Bollinger Bands cinch up. The MACD is going to cross down above the oscillator, wait for it to get below the oscillator and cross up. Your RSI is at 57. It's gone. Sellers are going to start to show up. Uh, I got out of this at 560. The problem is cost. It's just costing more to take care of people, and they can't raise prices fast enough. It's the healthcare uh, system in this country. It's just horrible. 
Um, BlackRock, they beat. And they raised their dividend by 2%. So if we look at BLK, um, I am not in this one. They are the largest, uh, 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 I think, um, uh, housing owner in the United States. Um, they just bought an infrastructure company as well that they announced. Uh, they made $9.66. I mean, per share, they made $9.66. That's crazy. Um, it, its valuation is a little nuts. Uh, in pre-market, it's down 0.71 at 787. Uh, you can see uh, if we just pull this back to July where we had another little spike on this um, and we look at where people are holding, you can see there's a clear, clear uh, volume shelf here at 755. You're at 787 right now. So you're within this little volume shelf. If you start to build, there's some gaps down there if you want to trade this one. And I don't know. You know, it doesn't seem exciting to me. This one doesn't. Um, Delta, D-A-L. Uh, they uh, their guidance was down. They are down five percent in pre market. It is under forty dollars. I think under forty dollars is is probably a good price for this one. Um, higher cost of oil going forward in the future. Um, they did announce that they're going to buy twenty new inter, uh, aero aerospace aerojet from the European company. I forget the name of it, but they're going to buy twenty of those. Um, Nothing super exciting about this. I think you're going to start to see uh, some uh, summer uh, reservations go tick up, specifically on Delta. I the, the the problem is the guidance was just below uh, analyst expectations. I think people are expecting big things from this company, and they're just not delivering. I'm not a huge airline fan, so Delta, eh, it's okay. Uh, Bank of America. This one had large charges for pre-tax charges and having higher yields being an issue. Uh, net interest income, NII, is probably what brought it down, uh, but that will get better. So I, I continue to say this is a good buy. Here in pre-market, you're down 2% to 32. Um, you're covering this gap. It's right at 32.18. Um, the, the stock is trading at 32.20. Your, are, your MACD is going down. It's going to continue to go down. Wait for confirmation. The algorithm got you out with a 26%. I was saying, hey, if you're trading this one, get out at 30% up here. I didn't think it was worth holding into the earnings because I did think earnings were down. I am not trading this one. I will be looking to add if this gets under 30 again or it breaks down here to about 30, I will be adding to this again. I'm just holding for the long term on this one. I like this one. I like this one in particular. Wells Fargo is another one I, I own personally. It is not in our core portfolio. Bank of America is. Wells Fargo was a broken company. They had bad management. They're starting to fix it. This one's down 1.88. The reason it's down 1.88 is because of this run. And again, they, 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 they beat earnings. Everything's fine with Wells Fargo. I'm not getting rid of it. If this one manages to dip down to about 45, I will start adding it again. You can see right here, that's where it the, the, the most recent support is there. You do have gaps. They've all been filled except for this one down to 47. And you're at 48.12. Wait for confirmation on this if you're interested. Citibank. They uh they wound up beating as well. They're in the middle of a recovery. This one is up 0.81%, 52.50. You can read more about the earnings if you'd like, 84 cents per share. They had good outlook. 
So I don't think you're crazy in buying this one. Again, if you look at City, I do not own this one. Uh, I think I sold out of this one midway through this through this kind of thing. Um, I did not announce that I buy it. It was way back here, I think I bought it, maybe in October. I may have even bought it um, somewhere in this neighborhood and just got back to even. It was a, You're bouncing off your 200-day, so on the weekly. Uh, it's a recovery. Your RSI is a little bit high. This one, I think it's still a solid, solid bank. JP Morgan, the biggest of the banks that has been on an enormous run. Uh, this one beat. They're up 2%. This is one that people want to continue to add to. I don't own this one. I will never own this one. Uh, this one, I, I just don't like Jamie Dimon. Just my thing. I think he knew about Jeffrey Epstein. I still think he still took his money. Um, I just don't want to own this one. And it's it's more of an eth- ethical issue than it is. It's a good, solid bank. I mean, honestly, this is a good business to be in. Um, I don't even own XLF, even though I said it was uh, the biggest one. I do have significant positions in Bank of America, in Morgan Stanley, uh, in PayPal, in Square, uh, in uh, Wells Fargo. And I thought there was one more financial that I had. I don't know, but there might be one more. So I I may buy XLF. XLF right now, uh, let's see, in pre-market, XLF is down 1%.11%. So the big banks didn't take it down completely. You can see we're still in this run. Uh, If you bought with the algorithm, the four-hour algorithm down here at 32, you are up um, in 71 days, 16%. Long term on this one, when you look, because remember, XLF is not really a trade. You're at the top of this uh, range that I identified. I think I identified this back here um, you know, in October. It, it might have been when it dipped down here. And I said, yeah, you want to trade within this range. Um, upside, I mean, all-time highs are 41. So I'd rather go into something else, even though I do think this will be a good year for the banks. So if you like it, you can do there. I was doing some ETF um, portfolio cleanup, and I realized that I owned a lot of this uh, ETF, uh, IGM, and it was it's a large percentage of my portfolio that I just didn't even know. Um, it was in the, it's a retirement uh, portfolio uh, that has a decent amount of money in it. Um, you know, it's close to seven figures, but. I didn't even know that I re- that I had this. Um, it was just sitting there, and it it was gaining, and I I just never looked at it. Uh, in looking at it, I, I wanted to show you some of the ways that Seeking Alpha can help you look at this stuff. So I, I went and looked at it. This is a tech ETF um, from BlackRock. Uh, it is an I I iShares uh, expanded um, tech st- sector. Um, it's performed incredibly well. Just incredibly well. Look at that. One year, 52%. That beats the S&P. Five year, 151%. Ten year, it is up 401%. Uh, As far as the the ETF grades, momentum, A plus, expenses, B minus, dividends, F, because it doesn't pay enough dividends, risk, B minus, liquidity, A minus. It is uh, ranked five out of 90 in the technology ETFs. SMH is the highest, IYW, uh, which we will talk about. QTEC, uh, which is the First Trust 100 Technology Sector Fund ETF. Um, CIBR, those are all above it, the cybersecurity, as far as the quant rating is concerned. That's just the quant rating from 
um, uh, Seeking Alpha. And again, this is part of the Seeking Alpha tool that I want you to look at. In looking at peers, um, when I go over here to peers, that's where I found this IYW. And I said, okay, let me look at long-term. And this is, if we just go not price return, we want total return because that includes the dividend. And you can see some of the peers when you look at. Now, what I want to do is I want to edit this symbol because what I want to uh, look at is I don't want to look at FXL. I don't want to look at WFH because they all have problems that I can identify if you'd want me to. But I want IYW and I want XLK. Those are the three that I'm really interested in looking at comparing. And when I compare these on these, the, the, you can take a look here. We look at not just the price return, we want the total return. Uh, when I scroll down, I can look at these things. Now, IGM has $3.7 billion assets under management. The expense ratio is 0.41. IYW has four, uh, $14 billion. So it's, uh, what, 10 times as large as IGM. It's got a, a smaller expense ratio, 0. 0.4. Uh, XLK has about, you know, five times the number of I, IYW, and that has a 0. 0.1, significantly less. When we look at the total return on charting, you can see IGM gives you a 53. IYW gives you a 59% over one year. Three-year changes a little bit. Uh, IGM gives you 30%. IYW gives you 45%. XLK takes the lead at 51%. When you go to five-year, uh, IGM, 156. IYW, uh, 206. XLK, the king of the mountain, 217. When you go to 10-year, uh, this is where it gets a little bit interesting, not too interesting, but IGM, 430%, IYW, 498%, XLK, 514%. Let's go back to six months because that's where IGM really outperforms, 14.99%. So in the short term, I was better off holding uh, IGM. When we go to the grades, you can see expenses, B minus, B minus, XLK, a plus on momentum, A on expenses, B plus on dividends. That F, um, it, it does stick out to me. It just, you, you'll see, they don't pay dividends. Um, risk, B minus, B minus, C plus uh, is a risk. Liquidity, they all have A's. Now, trading, you can see where it is compared to its 52-week high. Uh, you can see price to 52-week high, price to 52-week low. You can see uh, weekly volume, the shares. Um Dividends, this is where XLK really outshines. Um, the the four-year average dividend XLK is 0.9, so it's almost 1%. Um, and, and, and the dividend growth, uh, you know, I, IGM has, has reduced their dividend. Just kind of everything pays quarterly. Performance, you can see where they performed. Liquidity, again, concentration risk, technicals. Where it really starts to show is the holdings. So you go into IGM and you can take a look. IGM specifically, let me scroll down on my notes so I can see uh, exactly what, yeah, IGM. The number one is uh, 9.33. This is an actively managed ETF. So they're constantly moving this stuff around. It doesn't track a technology, you know, just technology stocks. So you have access to NVIDIA, Microsoft, Apple, Meta, Alphabet, Broadcom, uh, Adobe. Salesforce, uh, AMD, 285 holdings. 
Uh, if we go back and we look at, uh, let's see, peers. Do I have to go type it in again? Yeah, I have to type it again. If we go over to uh, IYW, uh, remember, I, I, you know, 263 holdings. If we go to the holdings of IYW, the number one's not NVIDIA. It's Microsoft. Number two is Apple. NVIDIA is way down at number four at 5%. So this is greatly weighed down by Microsoft and Apple being what? 35%. So the rest of it, it's only got 138 holdings. Um, so it is greatly outweighed by Microsoft and Apple. We then go and look at XLK. And, and uh, remember, this is where these three differ by a lot. This one only has 67 holdings. And 45% of that is Microsoft and Apple. So if I want more exposure to NVIDIA, I am probably better off holding IGM with these guys moving these percentages around uh, with 285 holdings. Again, it just gives you a more brand, um, a more broad exposure. That's how you use Seeking Alpha to try and determine, hey, is this the right fit for me? Um, I don't know that it's the right fit for me. I just was researching it yesterday. I really like Seeking Alpha so that I can look at this stuff. There's a lot of other things that go into this, um, meaning dividends, risk, liquidity, peers, options, charting. You can take a look at everything in Seeking Alpha, even if you want to get an alert. So again, don't be afraid to pay the 189 for uh, Seeking Alpha. I think if you've got a portfolio and you manage this stuff, I do think that there is a significant um, uh, benefit to uh, looking at your own portfolio, looking at what you hold, and then finding alternatives. Remember, I, I didn't even know um, uh, about IYW. I knew about XLK. I own XLK. IGM, I, I didn't even know that I owned it, but now I learned a hell of a lot more. It's outperformed in the six months. Maybe I'll take a look and just roll that into XLK. But that's how you kind of take a look at it. Uh, so I wanted to, to make sure everybody knew that. Why did Riot, stock, uh, Riot Platform stock go down today? Bitcoin bears gains. Um, this kind of outlines a little bit. There were 49, uh, what is it? Yeah, here, $4.6 billion went into the ETFs yesterday um, of, uh, uh, of Bitcoin. So the new ETFs got $4.9 billion. Now that's expected to go significantly higher. But what I wanted to do was show you Mara. And I'm going to go to a five-minute chart here on uh, Seeking Alpha. And we're going to say, do I want extended hours? Yeah, let's go to extended hours. Um, and we're going to go to a five-minute chart. Um, and the reason I want to show you this five-minute chart is because if you were hawkishly watching your, uh, your positions yesterday, and I know we had a discussion about um, Mara, where I thought it was a $30 stock and it was up here at 28 in pre-market. And I said, don't worry, it's a $30 stock. It got to 29.06, 29.18 up here, 29.18 in the second five minute candle. Then it lost confirmation. So if you were watching your stocks and you were watching confirmation and you were watching the charts, you could have gotten out either with a slight loss a um or you know a, a, a small loss even a small gain i mean if you bought back here at you know 24 24 and, and you got up here and you lost confirmation at 27 that's a great gain 
This is how you use confirmation to trade uh, if you are trading. Uh, it's a, if it's a short-term trade and you want to look at five minutes, not a problem looking at five minutes. You could have bought Mara down here at 21, and then you could have sold it up here at 23 because it, it, it kind of, you know, again, confirmation over that nine-day. If you want short-term trading, this is how to do it. Mara, if you're going to bitch at me that I told you to buy at 28 and you didn't have some type of charting program, I got a great letter from somebody yesterday who said, hey, uh, I just did my first trade using the MACD and the RSI because of your program. Again, that interview with James, the pragmatic investor that I did, it explains that's exactly the person that I'm trying to reach. The person who didn't take, you know, it wasn't just a hunch that you're buying. It's an actual process of trading. Right now, Mara looks like in uh, market, it's down 2% at 2195. I will tell you, when I read this one, and I continue to say it, um, I believe that the the money came out of Mara and the miners yesterday in order to buy the uh, Bitcoin ETFs. I think that's the what happened and why it fell so promptly. Uh, if we look at ARC uh, B, and I will have um, the the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven uh, ETFs that that went yesterday. I will have five minute charts in the newsletter for you today. I will chart every one of these because what you can see is this is why I don't like buying things on the first day. Uh, while Bitcoin uh, was crazy, these are trading at significantly different rates. Um, right now, you can see ARC B, which is one of the largest ones, uh, that is down 0.77%. GBTC, which is another one, this one didn't fall as much yesterday. Um, it went down. But it didn't like completely crash. You had this death cross. This one has a large history of candles. Uh, FBTC, which is the Fidelity one, uh, you can see five-minute candles, same thing. You crashed on open, and it just found a settling. So you want to make sure that you find these settlings, and you can't do it for a few days. I'm not afraid that Bitcoin's going to be 60000 in the next week or so. I'm afraid that it's going to be 120000 and I'm not in it. Uh, within the next you know six to eight months, but I'm not worried about buying this. Patience is going to be your uh, your best bet. Now I will tell you again, I'll have all of those five minute charts in the newsletter. So sign up for the newsletter if you haven't been. The interesting thing was Vanguard put out a statement yesterday. We will not be offering a Bitcoin ETF. This is the largest ETF uh, fund, uh, Vanguard, largest ETF fund. Uh, in, in the world, and they're not putting out a Bitcoin ETF, kind of tells you it's not all, you know, roses and uh, rose petals and, uh, you know, fine wine. It, it's, it's a little bit wonky. Uh, Netflix. Netflix hit 500 yesterday and got rejected off that. So continue to watch that. I think it's going higher. Uh, I did not add to this one. I probably should add to it, but I found out that my dad has a ton of this, so my inheritance has a ton of this. Um, it's, it's going above 500. You still have 47%, um, to this 799, $700.99 all time high. Uh, I think it's going to get back there. I think it's going to be a long trudge, but I do think it gets back there. CrowdStrike is one that I noticed yesterday. Uh, I got out at 247 and I got out at the end of the year thinking, oh my God, there's a button hook. 
I did not get back in when it told me to at 265. I said, you know, I just got out of this one with a huge gain. I was somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 was my average price, 160. Nice gain into the end of the year. Took the profits. Uh, I'll pay the taxes on it. Um, I think I had some losses to write off against it. Uh, I may be at 0% uh, taxes this year just because of the way I run uh, my stuff. But again, I haven't gotten back into this. It's crazy. I hold, do hold it in ETFs. I do hold Pan W, uh, Palo Alto, which I've said under 300. You'll be able to buy this under 300 again, I believe. If you don't want to uh, wait, you can buy it. It's got confirmation. Uh, but I do hold Pan W. Um, there, there's you know the other one that has been beaten down. If you guys want to get into it with uh, cybersecurity, it was beaten down uh, on earnings. Um, this one, Still, you know, $75 is the gap that you're going to fill from the last earnings. I think that's where you're going. You're going to fill that gap. I've said it before. This 31% right here on Fortinet, I think it's a good company. I think they've fixed them th- some things. Uh, if we look at a weekly, you can see they just hit the 200-day. They had some problems. I think they fixed it. I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think security is, uh, you know, cybersecurity is what you want to invest in. Um, DocuSign. DocuSign was interesting because they made mention yesterday uh, that two private equity firms are competing to acquire DocuSign and take them private. It shot up on this news. Um, I wound up buying at 62.20, I believe, 62.10. You're trading right now at 61.97. You can see the algorithm got you in at 61.39. That was this morning. Now, the reason it got you in, look at that MACD fall down right there. Uh, The RSI, we are overbought at 71. But the reason why I took the chance and paid the premium, because I did buy the premium. I heard the news. I just went in and I did a market order for 100 shares. So I've got about $6,000 into this, $6,200 into this. But the reason I did this was because of this weekly chart. Um, If we pull this back and we look, the majority of people are holding here between 48 and 59. Um, there are not many people, but there are some people who are holding up here at about 140, 150. As we start to go up, these people that are still holding start to sell, putting some downward pressure on this. But I know, personally just trading, that in history, if private equity is taking a company back private, you're going to see quite a bit of premium being placed on that, that especially if two firms are, um, are, are, are going after it. The other thing that I, I saw was Quant has it as a strong buy at 4.8. I don't care about these Wall Street and seeking analysts. If the Quant has it as a strong buy, um, I think it's a good, good, good one. Look at the factor grades. Valuation, C plus. See my, it's expensive. Growth is a B plus profitability A momentum A revisions A plus. If we go over to Finviz and we look at Docu, um, you can see the PE is two forty five. The forward PE is twenty one. They're making money. They're up three percent this year uh, over one year. They only made five point six eight percent. This has been a beaten down stock. So I'm taking a chance at buying at sixty two. I'm hoping those private equity uh, services. Maybe they're doing seventy. Maybe they're doing 80. They could be up here at the the 200 day at 135 to try and take it private. Whatever they offer, I believe it's going to be higher than what we're seeing right now. That's the the hope. 
Um, FYI, Tesla, well, we'll go into it with the social request. Anthony, good morning, Gary. I've listened to your podcast every day and just wanted to thank you for everything that you teach. I'm building my wealth uh, and more every day, so thank you. Also, will you check out NVDL on the podcast? Uh, I like this one. What do you think? NVDL, I think that's the NVIDIA uh, leveraged 1.5%. It's... Here's the thing. If you think NVIDIA is going up in the short term, buy NVDL. Now, here's the the algorithm makes you 170% over 13 months because it's only been out for 13 months. Um, Buying and holding makes you 295%. The reason is because, um, uh, let's go DL. We'll go NVDL. And and we're going to chart this against NVIDIA. Uh, it's a strong buy in the quant at 4.97. Again, it's a 1.5 lever. So if we just uh, take that out and we'll select the symbol of NVIDIA. Again, this is why you know Seeking Alpha is so good. You want to know if it's a good buy? As long as you're in a bull run on NVIDIA, this one's a good buy. Look at NVDL. Over one year, 380%. NVDA, uh, 242%. Short term, uh, NVIDIA is up 15%, but NVDL is only up 10% because again, you've only had a couple of, uh, you know, big moves. You had some downward moves in NVIDIA, uh, over five days, NVDL, huge 14% NVD, NVDA up 10%. Um, when you look at, you know, we can't really go past one year or three years because you, you NVDL is, is new. Just understand it's a levered. It's a levered ETF. So you, if you look at this, they, they have long NVIDIA uh, uh, um, you know, financial instruments. I guess it's uh, uh, calls and puts. And you know they have Granite State Bank shares, 14%. The actual expense, it's hugely expensive. Uh, it is 1.15%. Expense ratio is you know, an F. I mean, it's just hugely expensive. Um, so if you, I would say, if you think Nvidia is going up long term, you could buy this one. But you saw in those charts, I'd rather see you buy Nvidia. You don't know what's going to happen with this. The risk is F, expenses F. But if you look at Nvidia by itself, you're just leveraging yourself. Now, here's what you could do: buy Nvidia. Uh, do what I just did with QQQM. Buy Nvidia. Uh, oh, come on. Why does it keep auto-correcting? Uh, buy NVIDIA shares um, with 50% of your money. And then if you believe that it's a, you know, a short-term upside, leverage yourself and buy NVDL. Anthony, that would be the way I would play NVDL. I would not say, hey, NVDL, it's an absolute buy. You know, uh, NVIDIA is going up no matter what. NVIDIA could have a glut of chips like we had in 2022, and all of a sudden, nobody wants to buy them. They could also get another, hey, you can't sell them to China anymore. Um, like that kind of thing. Again, NVIDIA is a hold in the quant. I wouldn't worry about it. Just buy NVIDIA. Uh, Naylin from YouTube, can you please give your uh, uh, your opinion on TSLL? We'll go over TSLL. Uh, this is the one same thing. It's a levered 1.5% against Tesla. Uh, now, Tesla over one year, you're up uh, 96%. Year to date, you're down 15% on this one. Uh, it's a strong sell. 
Tesla right now, uh, in fact, let me look. Um, Luke, no, Luke didn't want it. Um, who wants it? Wanted Tesla. Uh, let's see, Butch. Butch from Facebook. Uh, we'll go over TSLL and TS Tesla by you know together. Uh, Butch from Facebook. Apologies if you covered Tesla in the last few days. I'm looking to buy back in around the weekly 200 AMA confluence with lower daily TMA band monthly 50 day EA EMA. And it would also be a double bottom on the weekly. Uh, uh, Bollinger bands on the daily started to expand to and daily RSI at 36 currently. Uh, lots of bearish news recently with stock recalls, um, strikes in Europe, increasing pay for workers, lower demand, especially in uh, Europe, Germany, where it has only European manufacturing plant is down 80% in December. CPI coming hot won't help. Um, uh, yeah, it's in a downward trend. However, the new Model 3, if you haven't read about it, it is awesome. The Highland model will be available in the next few months and China sales are good. Could be a tailwind. Thoughts for the group. I'm looking at 215, 195 to 215 for entry, but this is Tesla. I may get in front of it with the bids if the bids go lower. Uh, I wrote back to Butch. I think you're missing. Does Elon sell more shares to fund Twitter? Does EV demand with Hertz selling tens of thousands of used Teslas on the market at rock bottom prices? You can get a Tesla for like twelve uh, or $13,000 right now, by the way. And even the shutdown of Berlin for a week uh, because of the Red Sea shipment delays in Europe. He missed all of those. Uh, Tesla and, uh, you know, here in uh, TrendSpider, they said, hey, Tesla is trading below its 200-day uh, SMA for the first time in over two months. Um, this is what's tough. It, the other thing is that you've got potential price cuts. Yes, demand in China is good, but their competitors continue to undercut their pricing. Um, you have no confirmation in this four-hour. I would rather see you, and I've said this with Tesla a lot, and I've gotten Tesla wrong. Um, but I just think this may be the time that Tesla sees that downturn under its 200 day, uh, on the weekly, you're right at the 200 day. I don't think you need to time this, but I do think at 223, we're down 1% again today. I just think that this one, you want to wait until you have confirmation, uh, in the chart that you're trading and, and it, it, on this weekly, you don't have confirmation. If we go down to a daily, um, let me just put a daily in here. This is how you look at a stock. If we go down to a daily, you have no confirmation. You're trading below your 200-day, like TrendSpider said. That MACD is below there. So not only do you want to take a look at the macro with the fundamentals, where this one's overpriced, uh, but it has been completely, you want to take a look at uh, what this stock is actually doing, and it's not doing well. And you've got January 24th, their earnings coming up. Uh, the issue, the Cybertruck, uh, for instance. I just saw a video about the Cybertruck trunk, um, the auto close on the trunk, smashing fingers. Um, that's not good news. They seem to not have sensors that will stop the trunk from uh, actually crushing someone's fingers. Um, I, I, I see a lot of bad news in Tesla. I do not see a lot of good news other, other than they sold out of their inventory here in the U.S. That's very good news. And, and they did it at, at rock bottom, you know, not by not dropping the prices too much. So what do I think of TSL versus uh, TSLA? 
I think if you look at the charting on this one, I think both of them uh, have a bit of a stumble coming up. Now, I could be, I, I've been more wrong than I have been right about Tesla. But if you look at TSLA versus TSLL um, over one year, TSLL makes you 97%, TSL makes you 84%. Year to date, uh, TSLL, because it's 1.5% uh, leverage, it's down 15%. Tesla is down 8%. Um, if you look at a three-year, you can't compare these because, you know, again, three years, Tesla is down 48%, or TSLL is down 48%. That's just in half the time. Tesla is down 15% in three years. So you have to take a look at A, your time frame. Uh, B, do you want to be levered into these stocks? My answer would be probably no. Um, right now, I just think Tesla, I think you're risking it. I'd rather go in with QQQ. I'd rather go in with TQQQ. I'd rather do something that's actually winning than take a chance on a stock that has potential downside, not only because of the the demand for the product, but because of their leader who may, you know, listen, I don't mind Elon. I've said it before. Um, I think the guy's got his own personal opinions. I don't begrudgingly, you know, say anything to anybody about their opinions. Um, but I do think that Tesla, te with Twitter, being the mess that it is, I think that guy will be willing to sell out Tesla in order to fund Twitter. And he ain't getting funding from anybody else. So that's my thought. Uh, Mark from, I don't know if he was saying good morning or he wanted me to look at GM. Um, I'm going to take it uh, from YouTube that Mark, maybe you wanted me to look at GM. It's a shit show. I don't like the company. I don't like the leadership. I don't like anything about it. What's interesting is, while I don't like anything about it, here in uh, th this run from November, you're seeing a 27% gain. That's not, that's, you know, that that's really good. From a long-term perspective, um, you're looking at it pulling back. Do I think it's getting back up here to the 43 mark? Probably. Um, you know, I think they're switching. I think their, uh, their dealers are lying to them. I think there still is demand for electric vehicles, just not for the shitty electric vehicles that these guys are putting out. And that's, it's, it's a horrible company. Uh, GM is run by horrible people. Um, I think Mary Barra, who, uh, wants to tout that, um, uh, you know, that, that they've got the lead in, uh, in electric vehicles. I think she'll say anything to sell vehicles. She was also the last one to um, to to settle that uh, the 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 uh, strike with the workers. Yeah, she got a what forty percent pay increase, and she didn't want to give them a 12 percent increase. Come on, come on, she's she's ridiculous. Uh, Luke, um, uh, Luke, he wrote to us about UUU, the uranium. I appreciate your response and insight on UUU means a lot. I agree with your theory on crypto, with Ethereum being the trade um, amongst a much larger band of crypto. ETH should be the trade. I actually, uh, Luke, while UUU might not have been a good trade in my mind, um, I think it was up yesterday. I know Cameco Corp. Um, which is another uranium, I believe. Um, they went up, but this one is up 8% today, UUU. So don't trust a douche on the internet. You covered that gap. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I played that one. What's interesting is I was listening to a, um, a podcast yesterday, and I found URA. URA may be a better um, look at uranium than just UUU. 
But URA is a global ex-uranium ETF. It's not as up as much. But if we look at the holdings, Cameco is the number one, uh, Sprout Physical Uranium. This might be a better play on uranium than UUU. Just because I think it's a, rather than having a single uh, exposure to it, you might be safer in that. Because I, I do think that that uranium is probably a good play um, going into stuff. Um, Sam from Facebook. Hey, Gary, I've been playing around with the MACD settings and Weeple charts and I came across SAR. This is Saratoga Investment Corp. Um, it currently trading at 2334. The average target price is 27 on eight ratings. Finviz has it at a 1.6 and uh, 2789. It has some downgrades. Most recent was yesterday to buy from neutral. Finviz is showing a 12% dividend. The PE and RSI doesn't look bad to me. Would you mind taking a look at it to see what uh, if I'm on the right track with the settings? And of course, I love your thoughts on the stock as well. So here's Saratoga, S-A-R. Uh, it got you out with an 8% loss. It was just after earnings, huge, huge downside. Doesn't bode well when you see a huge downside like that. But like we talk about all the time, any reaction in the market is an overreaction. The algorithm loses you 4% over 24 months on this. Meanwhile, the actual asset loses you 18%. Your average win is 6%. So we do have a gap up here. Are we coming back to the 26 level? Um, let's take a look. And I, I think I told Sam to, to look over here in um, Seeking Alpha because I think Seeking Alpha gives us a better look at it. Um, there's big yield, significant discount. They do have a 12% dividend. And I will tell you from Finviz, if we go over here and we look at what Sam was looking at, SAR, you can see they have a market cap of $303 million. Uh, they're making $32 million. Uh, their PE is 8.54. They have a dividend of, of 12%. Now, remember on fin on Finviz, this is a backwards-looking um, dividend percentage. Uh, on uh, Seeking Alpha, they give you a forward. So they, they're telling you what, what's expected, and it's 12.36. So they are expecting them to be paid. If you go in and you look at the dividend history, you can see that it was recently just upgraded. It looks like 2022. They really started upgrading it, and then they paid more in 2023. So it looks like that dividend is probably going to continue to go up. The consistency is still a D, and that's what they're saying is you don't know what it's going to be. The yield is A+, plus, the growth is B, the safety is C-. minus. That's just on the dividend. Now, if we look at the actual stock, You've got Seeking Alpha analysts say buy. Wall Street says buy. Quant says hold. Um, the only thing that's a, that's got a, mo, a D is momentum and revisions. Um, you can see December 26th, this dude says big yield at significant discounts. Uh, buy. Uh, October 13th, this dude says uh, uh, October. He says strong buy. They just had their earnings. You can read about the earnings stuff. Um, net interest income. This is what... Saratoga Investment, non-GAAP net interest in some. $1.01 one cent misses by $0.03. Cents. Total investment income beats by $48.48 million. You can read about the earnings. I don't think you're horrible at this one, but what I would tell you is go and in and, and Seeking Alpha, get the, the you know Pennant Park Investment Corp, PNNT. This is a higher rating than, than Saratoga. PNNT, let's take a look at the chart per se. Let's see what the algorithm gives us on PNNT. 
And again, this is just based on quant and, and they do their, I mean, look at how much that one's in an upward trend. Uh, the algorithm here makes you 19% versus losing 24, uh, losing 2% in 24 months. Your average wins 8.69. Right now, the algorithm has you in uh, right here, 8% up. This is why you, you really want to have tools in your toolkit to be able to look at this. Again, commendation on finding Weeble, on finding this one. I think it's a solid rebound play on SAR. But when you add tools like Seeking Alpha and you add tools like TrendSpider, it ups your game. So it, it's not a sense of, oh my God, you can't do these things in, in, in free tools. It just ups your game and you, you find different things and you find better setups. And that that's kind of where, where I would go, Sam, is um, I think you're on the right track. I think that one in particular, I would read more about why uh, they, they gap down that way. SAR just, it worries me that it's another situation where uh, they're paying out a dividend and they're not investing in, in their core business. But you can see every time it hits that 200 day, it just jumps back up. So, I mean, ignore COVID. This is kind of a 12% right here. And you can see the VWAP right around 26. So probably not a bad one. But I think there, there probably are better plays than that one. Um, Dex, uh, you mentioned you do options. What are things you look at when you buy a call or put? I don't do options. Dex, you might have misheard me. The only options I've ever done is buy covered calls. Um, and that it, the only reason I've done that, and they're long-dated to covered calls. And it's for Apple. And the reason I buy covered calls is because, uh, A, I plan on getting rid of that stock, um, and I want, but I don't want to get rid of it now because maybe I want to hold on to it for a long term. So say you buy um, you know, Apple right now, and you want to hold on to it for a year, but you think there's a chance that this one's going to go down, uh, but you own the stock. Buy a covered call. That's a year dated out. Six months dated out, you know, but but if you want to hold it for a year and you just bought it or six months from now, but you want to hold it for a year, buy a covered call, collect the premium while you sit there and wait for the stock to either fall or go up. You can collect the premium. So that's the only options I've ever done. Am I planning on doing some options? Maybe. I mean, I just I, I just typed a note in um, uh, Substack. If you follow me on Substack, uh, you'll probably see it on your Substack feed. But Trader Nate, uh, he's had like 80% gains. In fact, let's go over. Uh, I think I can, yeah. Here's my Substack notes, uh, which you can see. Uh, trading uh, right here. Do, 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 do. Nate is killing it. He's had uh, 80, 96% on Marvel. Shopify, 88%. Uh, he's just been killing it. I mean, he actually, you know, just solid, solid options player right there. Uh, and he's got the, you know, the, the the paid newsletter if you want to do options. I will not do options. Uh, I am not smart enough to do options. I don't need options to make money. I am much more of a long-term investor. So sorry you misheard me, Dex, but I don't do options. Um, I got a great email from a listener uh, that took his first trade. What it, that wasn't speculation, Justin. Uh, using the MACD and RSI. And he made a 14% gain. High five, Justin. Love it. But he wrote to me too. Would you look into SGD, safe and green? I'd like to know your thoughts if it would come back 
or uh, he's not a chart guy. I just don't understand it. I trade volatile stocks. Stuck in this one. Just curious for your thoughts. SGD. Let's see SGD. I think I'm going to yell at you um, for this one. Oh, come on. Uh, SGD. Safe and Green Development Corp. So, um, oof, this one's ugly. I mean, this is this is a a low. If we just go and we we look at SGD here to try and see what they do, their real estate, uh, they have no dividend. Thirteen million. It they've only got sixteen million shares uh, outstanding. It's only floated three point five. Good luck in filling this order. I mean that that's what I would tell you from this one. Um, there's no news on it. There's no insider stuff. There's nothing to say. I mean, this is 100% a momentum play. It's down 6% right now. I will tell you, uh, over 114 days, because it's an IPO, the algorithm makes you 110% versus losing 76%. You know where your 110% came in? It's right here. One trade on November 10th. It is up here to 190. If you bought in there, you're up 305%. It got you out. This is just, I mean, this is a momentum play. You want to trade it on, on a short-term time frame. It's got no, there, there's no news. I mean, there is literally nothing for me, um, you know, Justin, to tell you that this is just, this is how you lose, how you blow up an account is by this. Uh, it's got nothing. There's nothing. There, there is literally nothing covering this because it's just a new one. If you're playing this on hype or you're playing uh, volatile stocks, you're going to lose your ass. I mean, that's that's as simple as I can tell you. There is no charting on this. There's no 200-day. There's just a 50-day. It is a brand new stock. I wouldn't trade it. That's my thing. Um, let's look at, there's the 200-day for stuff. Uh, let's look, Raul. <clears throat> I'm writing to you today. Seek some advice on China. 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 As per the technical data, there isn't uh, any confirmation on CQQQ or uh, KWeb. These are two um, two China ETFs, CQQQ. KWeb is the most active one, and I think the one that you want to look at. Um, but yeah, rules right. There's no confirmation right here. Even if we look at a weekly, this has just been a dying, dying market. Um, I understand China stocks may continue moving sideways till hopefully a recovery by Q3 and should then take off. Please do let me know your thoughts. Um, I'm also in recently HDB, Google, HAS, Amazon, AMD, which I bought in October. Everybody says that in, in upward stocks. They wish they would have bought sooner. Here's what I think about China. I don't want you buying any of this China stuff until we start seeing it uh, recover. Right now, from what I understand... Um, the Chinese are, uh, if you look back at 2007, 2008, um, they have three times the amount of housing crisis that we had. And what I think I've gone over it before in, 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 uh, in previous stuff, long-term, I think we lost somewhere in the neighborhood of 50%, 60% of the stock market during that time when we were in a housing crisis, uh, if you owned a house, you lost at least 50% of your home's value. It's great. I mean, look at, I, I drew this on KWeb. It's not worth getting in. You're better off right now. The Bollinger Bands are cinching up. They're they're contracting. You're going to see, You know, if I had to guess, it's below the nine day. We're going down. We're just going to continue to go down. There is nobody holding this KWeb 
above where, you know, right now the, the biggest K-Web is between 27 and 31. Do you want to buy it? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, in my mind, it's overvalued. You look at Baba, you look at all that stuff. Just get out. I mean, just Raul, I would say there are a hundred better play. If you want to invest in um in, in foreign, um, let's see, Japan. Let's see if uh, Jap- uh I don't want Japanese yen and stuff. Uh let's look at um Japan ETF. Uh EWJ. Just you know, go into EWJ. This is a bank of Japan. Japan's at an all-time high. Japan Japan's doing perfectly fine. Look at seeking alpha analysts. Say buy quant buy. If we if we do K Web, uh, I think some people are saying buy, but I don't know what the quant says. Uh, quant says strong sell. There, you just have to stay out of it. You don't want to be in uh in in this market. Um, you know there, there's nothing in the quant rating that says get in, and you you can miss the first 15 percent. Just get in later. So Raul, stay out of it. You know, continue to buy Google, continue to buy Amazon, continue to buy AMD, buy those, buy QQQ. Let's go over, um, you know, QQQ and TQQQ because I do think that I, I said it yesterday. I said that we would start the day lower, uh, but we would wind up positive. Uh, it took, you know, a, a, a turn yesterday, but we did wind up the day positive yesterday. Um, if we look at TQQQ, I'm still holding TQQQ. And like I said at the beginning, I'm going to continue holding it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still got confirmation. You're up at $50.27. I think I bought it $50 and somewhere around here. Let's see. I'll tell you exactly where I bought it at. Let's go into Fidelity. We'll log in. Uh, and I want to show you a five-minute chart. That's what I want to show you on TQQQ. Because, again, if I wasn't doing this damn podcast, I would probably have gotten out and bought a bunch more uh, before this. But look at TQQQ. So what happened was uh, I bought in here at about $50.27. Let me see. Maybe 50 50 um, All positions. We'll go down to T. TQQQ. Um, I bought average price $50.22. So I wound up buying in this area at about, uh, well, no, we needed the extended hours. Let's see. Uh, we're going to go over here and we're going to do extend display extended hours. Um, I wound up buying, let's do the extended hours yesterday. Uh, we gapped up and then I wound up buying at about, I guess, what? Uh, not 1920. About this time, I saw it kind of falling. Yeah, 5022. So it was around 845 when I bought. Uh, we had confirmation. I know we had confirmation when I bought it because I was watching it uh, on the five minute. We had confirmation. I bought it around this time. It went up. Then we we just tanked throughout the day. Uh, what would be the time to actually buy it? I probably should have sold it when we lost confirmation right here at about $50.43, and then waited for confirmation. And if you waited for confirmation, say you bought at the top of this candle at 49.13, and you just waited for it to touch, um, you know, to start to lose confirmation. There you have a nice 2% gain. So you have a nice 2% gain. You get out. You buy SQQQ because TQQ started to lose. Um, and then through the day here, you know, we lost confirmation here right before um, 
This was at, let's see, uh, 645 this morning. Uh, We were down. So if you bought, you know, 645 this morning, you're watching the charts. We don't have confirmation. You buy when we have confirmation. Now, did you get out here with a 0.16% loss? You had to wait for CPI. And if you waited for CPI and you got out when we touched it, you got another 2%. So you don't have to make these these long-term trades if you want to trade TQQQ. Now, right now, the MACD's crossing down. You can't see it, but the MACD's crossing down. The RSI's in no man's land at 52. You can trade on a five-minute chart. Absolutely, you can trade on a five-minute chart. It's not a problem. Uh, yeah, we'll push that up so you can see the MACD crossing down. Again, it's a five-minute chart. You can take the fundamentals that I give you and trade on a five-minute chart. Not a problem. I am holding this because the chart that I am looking at right now is the four-hour, and we still have confirmation on the four-hour. Yesterday yesterday morning, we uh, touched the nine-day, and we kind of lost confirmation. We traded between $48.40 and $50.97, so I kind of bought at the high. But I'm just buying this one because I do think that we're going into another bull run. That's it. Simple as that. So why am I holding? I think we're in a bull run. Uh, XLY got a cross up here. Uh, we're trading up 0.47. Remember, I hold this one uh, because it's 50% Tesla. Uh, we haven't seen the huge downturn that we've seen in Tesla, but it's 50% Tesla uh, and Amazon. So I, I like it. I think it's 45% now. But we saw that one cross up. So that one has a, a, a buy-in. Uh, SPG, it went over this yesterday um, on my 1031 podcast. I said it's a solid stock and told you earnings were solid with a 5.75% dividend. You'd be fine here. Just over one month later, you're up 24%, three days away from hitting the ex-dividend date. Uh, ever since then, you're up again. I mean, ever since I pub- published this note and said, hey, you're up again if you would have bought there. You're up a nice 3% again in uh, 40 days. I'm sorry, 33 days. Solid, solid stock. Uh, Docu, part of the reason why I buy Docu is because it's got that cross up. I saw the cross up happening. It's at 62.44. You could have gotten in at 61.39. You could have gotten in at $59 and made some decent stuff. You're seeing the cross up here. You're seeing the RSI. It's overbought. Do I think you should get in? I think if you think that this is going to sell to private equity, it's a damn good risk. Uh, RYLD is another one that got it. We talked about UCO with the, uh, the the Red Sea stuff. I'm not buying it today, but you can see we had a buy-in here at 26.52. You're trading at 27. It's up 5% today. Again, it's a triple levered ETF against gold futures, VTI. One that I have in my own personal list that I like, which is a database company, is Frog. Uh, this one, the algorithm makes you 31% versus the actual uh, asset makes you 21%. Your average win is 11%. You win 41% of the time. So I think this one's a good one to get in on the algo. If we look at a long term of this one, um, it, you know, you're, you're just rebounding. You're above your 50-day. You got confirmation above your 9-day. It's a solid one. If we go over here and look at the – this is where you run into trouble – is they're not making money. Their forward PE is 65. Year to date, they're down 2%. Over one year, you're up 55%. Target price is 35.58. And you're trading at 33 right now. The, the, the recent upgrades are all in the 40s. That's where I'm, I'm kind of looking. Now, Scotiabank uh, in September, they, they initiated coverage at 29. 
Um, so take this 42. I think that's where you're at. I'm not buying into this one, but you can do some research into this. I like Frog. Um, again, it's a software company. Uh, I did listen to a, um, a, a podcast yesterday where a biotech CEO said they were paying $5,000 per seat to a software company. Uh, that basically took their data and aggregated and blah, blah, blah. They hired a software engineer who said, yeah, we don't need all the bells and whistles that this $5,000. And they have a, a company where they have, I think, 1,000 employees. So it's um, you know $5, $5 million a month that they were paying for this software. Um, and and the, the software engineer said, let me just use AI. Uh, within two months, he was able to code uh, a software platform that identifies exactly this is where you're you're going to be uh, with the, some of these software programs like CRM, uh, Salesforce, and stuff like that. It's going to be an issue because companies can take that data and they can uh, you know throw in an AI uh, prompt and build code. It'll take 10, 10 software engineers that they can pay over a year, maybe um, you know hundred thousand dollars each. Uh, you know, it's a million bucks versus paying $5 million a month. Yeah. And they can do it in AI in a year. So I, again, I think it's, it, that's the, the problem you have with some software companies and the integration. I don't think people realize how incredibly deflationary AI is going to be with the coding. Um, so Twilio, uh, we had a cross up uh, on Twilio. It probably will come. You can see it. Uh, it just doesn't have a buy. It got you out with a 2% loss. I think you're looking at probably 77, 78 on this one. Uh, this is a company that I used in my old uh, as a product manager. It's been beaten down. Same thing. I, I think it's coming back. Uh, one that is one that um, I was looking for a pullback to get into, AVGO. Um, this is a Broadcom. They're a chip company, 1100 bucks. It's not crazy. I mean, if you want to get in, this is the pullback that we're going to see in this kind of stock. Um, when we look at a weekly, you're at all-time highs here. So it's a little bit difficult to, to justify this when I've got some other companies that I could buy. This is part of the reason I bought QQQ. Uh, when you go and you look at QQQ, the holdings, uh, again, it's 100. It's the top NASDAQ 100. If we go and look at the holdings, um, you can see Apple, Amazon, NVIDIA, Broadcom, 4% of it's Broadcom. So I have exposure to Broadcom, which got a cross up. Um, again, I, I point out a lot of the names in today's are the NASDAQ 100. The Dow and the S&P had very few cross ups. One that actually crossed up on the Dow, remember the Dow's only 30 stocks, but IBM, this is a mainstay. The problem that I point out with IBM is we've had this crazy run of uh, 17% um, up in just 73 days. That's a big move considering when you look at a monthly of IBM, look at where you're at. You just crossed the 200-day, which was 142 just a couple of months ago. Uh, you could have bought this at 142 um, in 2000, well, 163. March 2011, you're just getting back to even after what, uh, 13 years? So 
that that's where I'm a little bit skeptical of, hey, are we really moving towards it? But your 50 days starting to move positive, your 200 days moving positive, the Bollinger Bands are expanding out, you're trading at the top of the Bollinger Bands. If we have another move, I think the top is 175 in this, but it's a place where you could probably park some money and be fine. Uh, in the meantime, you're getting a 4.12% dividend. So uh, plenty of stuff. I will have a paid newsletter. I will try and do a tools video um, on Monday. Monday, the stock market is closed. So I'm, I'll try and do a tools video. Maybe I'll do it live, but I'll edit it together for you and post it on uh, YouTube. Okay, you guys have a great weekend. I will talk to you from a rainy Atlanta. Talk to you Every later. Morning I wake up to the sound of the trading bell. My heart starts to pound. and fears.